And now, two old school guys talking about music and stories about their radio days. It's T-Man and John, the Music Freaks. A little Motown sound to start this thing off. I like it, I like it, I like it a lot. Here you go. It takes two, baby. It takes two, baby. Me and you. It takes two. It does. And that's why the two of us are doing this. Uh huh. Well, I mean, we probably could do it individually, but it wouldn't be as fun. Not at all. You know? Not at all. But it takes two. Can you believe it's episode 11? Episode 11. This one goes to 11, evidently. Podcast at least goes to eleven. Evidently, I can't tell you it'll go to twelve, but I know it's well, going hey, to eleven because this is episode eleven. It is, and you know what the title is for this one today? What eleven really means two? Ah, like one and one. See, I like it. See, you're a smart cookie. Well, you don't skip grade. You don't skip second grade. I remember when I used to call you a dumbass, but now you're a smart cookie. <laughs> Up until yesterday, like June first, twenty twenty two. Well, okay. I've become a smart cookie. Well, hey, you know. Some people never make it. Some people never make attain to smart cookie. They just remain dumbass. And you never got hit by lightning, but now you're smart. Congratulations. Exactly. Me. Hey, John. How are you doing, Tony? I'm good. Uh, it, it takes two. Are we doing famous duos? No. Because there's one right there, Marvin Gaye. And why? Uh, why didn't he do more with Kim Weston? Boy, I don't know. They sound great together. Well, she died very early on. Kim did. I, I knew Tammy did. Yeah. Oh, that was Tammy. Tammy That's had right. The brain, Oops. Yeah, she passed. Out. Yeah, she. Yeah. She collapsed on stage. Yeah. Awful. She yeah. was like 24 or something yeah. like that. Oh my gosh. And, yeah. And beautiful and talented. I know. And they really had a special bond. They did. They did. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, we're gonna be. Uh, Remembering and going over a lot of songs, as Maxwell Smart would say, missed it by that much. Indeed. All number twos. The Bridesmaids. Ha. Ah, yeah. There you go. Songs that peaked at number two. But before we get into that, I want to touch on something. Over the last couple of weeks, you know, John and I don't get to see each other, but every other week. God forbid we do it every week. You know, then it would be weekly, like we talked about before, W-E-A-K. <laughs> <laughs> but John sends me this link, and uh, it's a couple of guys doing a podcast. And it was a very interesting podcast, almost one that I would call an odd cast. Because here they are, two guys. Now, one of them, I don't want to say names or anything like and that. And it was video. Yeah, it, was it, video it was on thing. YouTube, right? Yeah, it's a YouTube channel this guy has. And, um, and so he's on there, and he has a special guest. Mm-hmm. Well, the subject matter was, and John thought of me because I'm a geek when it comes to old 45s and vinyl period. Right. I remember what the labels are and what they look like. Exactly. And that's why when I I got about eight seconds into the thing and I'm like, oh, they're talking about labels and all that kind of stuff that I really don't remember. Um, uh, I sent it straight to you. And you did. And I was wondering why. I got into the odd cast. <laughs> we got we got to get you some squeal. we got to get you some cans so man sorry. <laughs> i know what i'm getting for his birthday this is an easy one this year ah. um but these guys are talking about labels okay fine record labels yes record labels yeah. and his guest who looks like he might be 20 
Right. Maybe. Don't discount his knowledge. I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to discount his knowledge, but the setting he was in. He was in his bedroom. And I'm thinking the whole time, dude, at least you made your bed. Okay, that was that was nice. You picked up the subway wrappers from underneath that were on the floor or under the bed or something. Let me show you this Roy Orbison album before my mom calls me for dinner. Exactly. I got you. I got you. You know, he had to beat curfew to do the oddcast. Exactly. So, but the two of them, I, I lasted, I think, five minutes right. into it. It was almost like an NPR approach. Um, it was. And that guy, have you ever watched any of those other guys' videos? No. Okay, his videos are very low-key. Yeah. Very full of great information. And well, he, it, he, he, he I'm not taken away great. from the information. It was just a boring presentation. The presentation. Now, my other friend, who's born like he's like a day older than you, one day, um, he, he, he found it. He loved it. Did he? Yeah. So I guess he was in, he, he knows that guy better, though. He's seen a few of his videos, and you know, he's way, way low-key. But this was you this, ain't kidding. No, this I did watch more of it, and I thought, yeah, this was this is not a good way to do it. You're kind of showing a yeah. glary, uh, looking at and showing them to each other, right? And we're getting to see the glare of a 45, hoping to see it better. I got it. Well, I, and, I understand the idea. I just don't think it went through all the way. In no, the, in the execution. No, it. it did not. And, and speaking and, of execution, they should have been executed. Hey, oh, but I'm I'm all for it. But I'm thinking too. I hope we're not that boring. You know, I mean, this is why I wanted to do this thing with you because I know I've known you for ever and ever, amen, Randy Travis on QIK. Forty years. Forty years next year. Mm-hmm. So, but we really know each other like a book. Yep. We can talk about stuff for two, three, four hours at lunch, and we only give you one of them. And, and yeah, <laughs> we're trying to you know have a cutoff point at some point. But I'm thinking the whole time. I really hope you know. I, I think we're upbeat, entertaining, funny. That's what we're trying to do, as well as do the musical end of this whole thing because that's what we know. That's what we do. That's what we love. Yep. But man, no doze should have sponsored that podcast. I got you. Different strokes. Wow. For different folks. Exactly. Okay. Wow. T-Man and John at gmail.com. You know, tell us how we're doing because I really would love some feedback to know deep down that we're not doing what I saw on the YouTube. And here's the deal. Be be honest. Be like, yes, you know, we're not going to have to meet you. No, probably. Right. Or get it or get a buddy of mine named Keith. To come hunt you down, well, and we won't, you know, we won't get people. To, and that too, we won't get them to come visit you. My dad, when he was alive, pay a visit. God rest his soul. Yeah, he used to tell people all the time. You know, you don't want to make me mad. All I got to do is make a phone call. One phone call. <laughs> exactly. I love and it. I'm thinking, love it. Pop, you're scaring the shit out of these people. They they might not know you're playing around here that's, i mean it's, that's the whole know. point of it don't worry that's right anyway anyway okay so you just let us know yeah and, and things you want to hear us talk about too yep because we've done seven minutes and haven't given you anything about number twos <laughs> no we have we talked about it okay. and we played the motown come on man we, we got something going here man here's what the first deep oh one email is already coming in dear uh, guys get to the point yeah okay yeah. Thank shut you. the hell up thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> get to the point for yeah for god's sakes just get to the point here's point a and there's point b get there but i tell you when i was going through the research for all these number twos i i i couldn't believe i'm i'm, I'm writing them all down i'm putting them in an email i'm sending them to john i'm like oh damn i didn't mean to send him that many because just like that yep 
I must have sent you two dozen titles. And off and, and some of these off the top of my head, I, yeah, me I had too. about a dozen more. Yeah. And then I ended up having, I think we're something like 50 right here on this whole list. Yeah. So it really is. It's amazing because these songs that, now here's the deal. For the most part, most people don't really uh, uh, freak on a, a number one or a number two. That kind of thing. Now, us in radio kind of go, well, I can't believe that song didn't make it all the way. Well, I'm thinking about the artist. They're sitting there, you know, and they're like, well, damn it. And, you know, I'm so close. Why the hell can't right. we get to number one? But, you know, for them, number two paid pretty darn good, too. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. Mainly, it's our it's our friends in the record business. They're the ones who get bonuses for number ones. They sure do. So, though, you know, we're kind of knowing those people. Yeah. And in the record uh, rep business, those guys are here telling you, hey, could you could you give me an extra spin? Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, yeah. We're, we're one down in El Paso. Yeah, I don't care where you put it. Just you, go ahead and play yeah, it like play 3 a.m. if you want. Anytime before 11 o'clock on Saturday night, if yeah. you could just give us one extra spin. That's right. Uh, they're the ones who get bonuses on the uh, number ones and things like that. But it is interesting to see these songs that were our classics. Some of these are just classic classics. And you would go, really? That wasn't a number one hit? Right, you exactly. would think these are yeah. all number one hits. And uh, like country music, uh, they're all number one hits. Just to let you know. They every, all, every they all one go to number one. They take turns. Every one? Every- That's bullshit. Songs. Come on. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, if it makes the top ten, you can bet they're going to go number one. Really? There are very few songs that peak at two because they take turns being number one. Okay, so it goes what? Ten, eight, three, one? Hike. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it's, go, it's going to number one. Trust Ike. me. Uh, they never punt. It's just no. There's no punting, and they're okay. all onside kicks. Okay, great. Yeah, they're all onside kicks. <laughs> well, where would you like to start, sir? Man, well, see, at the top, I mean, I ca- at the top, we got the top. Did you go now, chronological or no? No, I didn't go chronological okay. at all. I, 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 I only ranked like seven or eight of them, yeah. and the number of weeks that they spent at number two. Okay, I can't buy a freaking break. No kidding. And, and then there are some, and here's the way I categorize some of it. Some of them, they just they just couldn't buy a break because yeah. one monster, and you go, okay, that was a good song. Why yep. wasn't that number one? And you right. go, well, that was number one. You go, well, like, yeah, well, that was number one. Yeah. And then the one after, and then the one ju- uh, leapfrogged it. Well, crap, of course, that's a number one. That was a major hit. So you can't yep. buy a break. Those are some. Yep. Good songs, you can't buy a break. Yep. Then there are some that just got beat up by novelties. Where, oh, yeah. like, you know, when you're when you got lightning in a bottle, oh, like yeah. the streak or something, yeah, and that just jumps over a, a pretty decent song that you still hear all the time. You have a few of those, and then you have some that were bumped by their own, their own band, bumped them out, uh, it kept them out of number one. That's happened once. Uh, the same soundtrack bumped people and kept oh, yeah. them at number one. So, oh, yeah, uh, there's all different kinds of ways that we can uh, we can approach this. Well, and I have some theories, just my own. Uh-huh. There's nothing scientific behind it or an inside track or anything like that. Just my gut telling me about a few of these that stopped at number two. Are you are you blaming certain industries in certain corporations? I'm uh, well, I, I mean, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you are. Okay. Okay. All right. So you answered the damn question. Why'd you even ask it? I I don't know. I think you would ask the question first. No, you didn't. <laughs> you made a statement. I asked the question I made, and then quickly answered it. There was not a question mark after any of my statements. I, I misread your punctuation. Yeah, see? I am so sorry. Yeah, you punts. All right. Uh, find us a song that's not, uh, la, 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 la. it doesn't even matter. No, it doesn't. All of these songs went number two. So when you hear them, you go, dang. Yeah. That, that's the main thing I kept looking when I would see one and go, really? Now, yeah. the, the thing I always, uh, I, I, I knew for a long time, um, as far as, and it still, it worked because the band broke up, Credence. Never had a number one hit. <laughs> and that's that one was of the gonna ones. Be, and that was going to be one of the things that I brought up. As many as they had, 
And they had Proud Mary, Bad Moon Rising, Green River, Looking Out My Back Door, and Traveling Band. And okay? they were number twos, right? All, all, of number, number all of those are number twos. And here's what I think. It's just me. Those songs deserve to, one of them at least deserved to be number one. Probably Proud Mary, probably Bad Moon Rising. But the label they were on was Fantasy Records. Who the hell else was on Fantasy Records? Nobody. Saul Zantz owned them. Yeah, he owned But Credence put them on the map. Oh, certainly. And here you've got these other major labels that are already established. Something just tells me that that played into it somehow, some way. Ah. I can't say for sure. That's my gut, I'm saying. Well, let's look at some of the songs that kept it out of number one. Tell us. Okay. The first one. Proud Mary. Proud Mary. Yeah. Uh, it was kept out of number one. At first, it was kept out of number one by everyday people by Sly and the Family Stone. Okay. That hard, was hard to argue that. Hard to argue that one, because Proud Mary's still great, but everyday people is too. But Sly and the Family Stone on Epic. Different strokes for different folks. Huge label. Right. So I think everyday people is just, uh, I would say, I would rank it a little higher. Now, the next one, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Because there's Proud Mary at number two. Everyday yep. people jumps and goes to number one. They're and like, all okay, of a sudden, something next. else jumps okay, over Proud Mary. Yep. And then Tommy Rowe with Dizzy, Leapfrog's oh, Proud Mary. Oh, really? Yeah. So the bubblegum stuff, man, that's kind of like a novelty song. Ugh. So the bubblegum kept Proud Mary and everyday people, a great song, was that, out of number one. Was that Dot Records? I don't know. I'm, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not freaking Rain Man about labels like you are. Why don't you, why don't you go well, watch that video I've, again? I've Maybe go. they'll tell no, you. No, stop it. I'm not going there. You can't make me. Um, I gotta, we got to send this to my friend Dave. He'll oh, tell it us was exactly. A, it was ABC. Okay. But the same look. The black label, same look. Oh, okay. I yeah. got you. Dizzy uh, for four weeks, number one. Mm-hmm. Number Keep, one in the UK proud, for one week. Keeping Proud Mary out of number one. Oh, that sucks. Okay, let's go to the next one. Uh, Bad Moon Bad Rising. Bad Moon Rising, okay. And the song that kept it out of number one yeah. was, once again, it was a, you know, soundtracks do that. They come in, they're yep. like, they're the lightning in a bottle when yep. a soundtrack comes out. And this one was to a huge movie. Now, for us at age seven, uh, it wasn't that big. It didn't mean crap to us, right. but it was huge. What was it? Romeo and Juliet. So when that oh. came out, and wow. Hank, Man, Hank Mancini, man. Oh. Hank Mancini kept the bad moon rising. Oh, wow. Uh, so the love what thing. What a to, rip job. That's a great song. A yeah, I know, song. but the, for, for Credence, I mean. Oh, I know. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's find. Sorry, guys. Let's go more. But you suck. You're only made number two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. What, what will ever become of you? Uh. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> Green River is, yeah. is my next one. Yep. Kept out by another bubblegum song but question it, mark this is one of the this is one no that was years before um let's see hey uh, <laughs> it was kept out by a, a bubblegum song but okay. it was one of the catchiest it's truly one of the catchiest songs ever i think and it's so bubblegum it is like the epitome of bubblegum sugar sugar oh god yeah but that's a, that's a catchy dang song it sure is when you when you don't think about jughead playing the drums i know you go wow that is just a catchy catchy song. Well, you know, originally, that was a Don Kirshner thing. Oh, yeah, definitely a Don Kirshner. It was Don Kirshner and his rock concert. My rock concert oh, with he the, was awful. the wonderful rock stylings of Poco. But the man did know music. Yeah, and, and he, he, knew, he knew to hire Jeff Berry and he yep. knew to hire uh, Ron Dante. And Well, because Sugar Sugar was offered to the Monkees 
Don Kirshner thought the monkeys could make that a huge song. That would have been wonderful for the monkeys. And Mike Nesmith completely flat out refused. He <laughs> says, "We're not doing that crap." Oh yeah, they were already they'd already grown out of it. They that. were grown out of it. That's right. what they said. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why the Archies was made put together. Yeah, Ron and, Dante and the best studio musicians in L.A. And Don Kirshner's right right there, and he went, "Eh, see, number one, bitch." Told you, Nesmith. That's right. So that's what he did. So there's Green River. Okay, looking out my back door also yeah. peaks at number two. Yeah. And I think looking out my back door has held up much more than this one, but this was the big dramatic. Uh, this is my um, coming out party or whatever. Oh, okay. Uh, Miss Ross. Barry was not going to let Miss Ross not have a number one. Which one? Ain't no mountain high enough. Uh, you know, that one's hard to argue with. It is. That's real hard to argue I'm, with. I'm more of a looking out my back door because I, that, I don't even think that's the best version of Ain't No Mountain because, of course, Marvin, right. Marvin right. and Tammy's version is of amazing. Of course. I'm not big on the overdramatically one, but it's, it's Diana, and, and yeah. that was like her first thing. And, you know, Credence was just like the Beatles um, because every one of their 45s, the B-side was also a hit. Yeah, two-sided hits, they call them. Yeah, and looking out my back door, the flip side was long as I can see the light. I've always been curious as to how they do that as a double because radio stations would play both sides. But yeah. that, and, and so they just made it a double-sided hit instead of getting... Um, but back then, the spins didn't matter like they do now. Right, and they just said, we played this and then played this. I never got that. So, I, okay, I make they, sense They wouldn't me. play it as heavy as, for instance, looking out my back door, was was still getting the heavier airplay than right. the B-side. So, but, come together and something yep. really could have both been... They were they were both they they weren't A and B sides. They weren't A and B sides. What am no. I thinking of? I'm thinking of come together and something else. Um, so when those songs got played, that they but they made it a double sided hit, like whatever was the double sided hit you're talking about with Credence. Even though a song on its own would have maybe peaked at 16, sure, they just called it a double sided hit. Yep. Okay, I never you know I was always curious about those double sided hits. Yeah, come together was was uh, number one, and then something was released after that okay. went to number three. Man, what's on the flip side of Come Together? Should, I don't know. It you, doesn't, should, you should know that. Yeah, I should, but I, I unfortunately don't. Hey, I know it's on Apple Records. I know that. Uh, yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, we go to our last of the number twos with CCR. And that? Now, this one, there's no, I mean, it's like, well, okay, of course. That's like saying, hey, he was a great boxer, uh, and, and he won a bunch of fights, but then right. he had to fight Ali. And you go, well, okay, we're Tyson in yeah. his prime. And you yeah. go, well, okay, but it's Mike Tyson. So he had a good run. He made it all the way up to, up to Tyson. Mm-hmm. I say this about this Credence song, which I really like. I mean, that was a, that was a good song. Yeah, it was. Traveling but, band, you know, it's fine. Good but, old steady rocker. Now, see, now to me, the B-side, I thought I heard that more than Traveling Band. The B-side was Who Will Stop the Rain. See, I agree. Yeah. I thought Who Will Stop the Rain. I mean, still to this day, I think you hear Who Will Stop the Rain on satellite radio or wherever, Ten more than more. you do traveling band. Yeah, I agree all the way. But traveling band was the one that was the A side, huh? And I always thought it was the B, even though I owned it. But I thought "Who'll Stop the Rain" as a better song. Okay, here we go. And Beatle fans were probably yelling at us, hearing about uh, about "Come Together." What mm-hmm. is it? They were both. They were double A sides. "Come Together" and something were both A sides. They were on the same record. Yep. Ah, so there you go. I never owned that forty-five. I don't think I did either. No, we had I did the, not. We had the uh, we had Abbey Road. So yeah, that's what I had. Yeah, our album. One of a few albums we had back yep. then, but we had Abbey Road. Yeah. 
So, my, my brother might have actually bought that ahead of me. So the double-sided hit of Traveling Band and Who'll Stop the Rain yep. was kept out of number two, uh, out of number, number one, one, by one of my Mount Rushmore songs, uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water. Uh, so once again, that's that's Mike Tyson. That's like, oh, he's a great boxer. Did he beat Tyson? Well, no, he's Mike Tyson. And Columbia Records over Fantasy. Yeah, true. But that's a that's a that I know I get it. Classic, I get classic. it. But when you have a bigger label that's well established, those guys back then too were probably working those things so hard. Mm-hmm. And I mean, but, just the fact it was Simon and Garfunkel in their heyday on Columbia Records, right. boom, boom, boom. And, and then, the, then here you got oh, who are these guys? <laughs> CCR over here on Fantasy They've Records. Like yeah, okay, we'll put him at two. 12 straight hits. You would I know. think they would have some weight behind them with radio programs. Well, you would think. But then again, maybe there were some pop stations that didn't want to play some of those songs because they thought Traveling Band was too heavy. They thought it was about drugs. Or, or just too rocky for them. Exactly. You know, I mean, right. who knows? But Bridge Over Trouble Water like debuted at 10. Everybody was playing it. Everybody was playing it. Yeah. Okay. That's I mean, a tough one. you know, even the Monovani stations were probably playing it back then. Mm-hmm. As they should. You know. So that alone, that alone, uh, the Credence number twos, yeah. it's certainly a podcast in itself. That's a, it's amazing to have uh, such a great body of work and then not even being able to buy a hint of number one. Yeah. That's that's when you start thinking there are probably some there's indu- something there industrial disease going on. There's something there, and yeah. I wonder, you know, if you ever if John Fogarty were ever asked that question, were you that frustrated back in the day, or even now when you stop to think about it? Because here's this person asking the question: Did that ever bother you? Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear that answer. And he might go, "No, the only thing I got bothered with, I didn't own my own damn music." Well, that too. He might he might have been a little bit more worried about that. Yeah, but, but way, okay. Yeah. We move on. We do. But the number twos. Okay. Um, I'm trying to find one that's not a... Okay. And the one thing I looked at, uh, I went finding some of these uh, number twos. Yeah. Were because of these songs, most of them had number one... They were number one hits for the longest time. So I thought in my brain, who were the number one, biggest number one hits of the era? And then who did it? It's like King Kong on top of the building just right. kept swatting them down. Right. So the first one that popped in my head was Debbie Boom, Debbie Boom, Debbie Boom, Debbie Boom, Debbie Boom. You know when you play drums, you know there's a drum pickup that's boom, pop, 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 boom. You know, right? It's boom, pop, 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 boom. And it, you know you hear it in a bunch of different songs. Of course, uh, industry people or session guys, I've heard it called Pat Boone, Debbie Boone. <laughs> so, anyway, that's Debbie Boone. Uh, Debbie Boone with uh, "You Light Up My Life." Of course, and number one forever, my friend. The one the hit f- wonder, fall of '77. Oh. Now she kept out. She she swatted down four songs. Yeah, I believe that. That peaked at number two. Yeah. She was there what? Ten weeks? Twelve weeks? Yeah, eight maybe. weeks? Nine maybe. All right, let I me don't look. know. Look that. Let up. me look. Let me look. Don't it make my brown eyes blue? Crystal Gale never got number one. Because no, she didn't. Of Debbie Boone. Yep. Uh, also, Carly Simon. Nobody does it better. But See, evidently, Debbie Boone did it. Debbie better. Boone did it better, and I, I will always remember that Carly Simon song because back in the day, the NFL Today did a piece on Walter Payton. Yep. And they played Nobody Does It Better. And I went, what a perfect choice for a song for Walter Payton. Perfect song. The first one I remember them doing on that is they did it when Bart Starr became the coach of ah, Green Bay. Yeah. And they did The Way We Were with uh, Streisand. And they showed uh, they played The Way We Were and they were showing Bart Starr as a playing quarterback. Neat. And then that's too painful to remember or he get yep. injured and stuff. It, yep. it was so well put together. And then I remembered that uh, yeah, oh, the, yeah. the one on Sweetness. I'll always remember Very that good. One. Debbie uh, Boone, just just for reference. Nine? Ten. Ten. Dang you, and Debbie she, Boone. And she was in the top 40 six months with that song. Oh. 25 weeks. Wow. 
glad I wasn't working top 40. No kidding, dude. Oh, my God. I mean, awful. really, the first six, the first three months, I'd have been fine. Uh, Boogie Nights from Heat Wave. Debbie Boone kept out. They went to number two. Mm. Ain't no doubt. Mm. We are here to party. Mm. Okay. What the deal with the, you know who was in that band? Heat Wave? Yeah. A guy who wrote two of the biggest, two of the biggest hits in the 80s. Uh, and not, and they weren't Heat Wave. Uh, also, Keep It Coming by KC and the Sunshine Band. So, you know, now Keep It Coming, that Debbie. was, I think that was, on, uh, Keep It Coming. Yeah, I think that was the B-side. Originally, that was the B-side for, was, oh, I'm your boogeyman. Wow. Yeah. Really? And then they, they re-released it? Keep It Coming. Or, or maybe what it was is the two songs were supposed to be like back-to-back, not a medley, but like that kind of production. And a lot of the stations would fade out on your boogeyman before it got into Keep It Coming Love. Then stations uh, picked up on yes. Keep It Coming Love. Boom, here's another hit for KC. Nice job, KC. Exactly. Now, that was a small little TK. TK Records TK out of Miami. Records out of Miami. Yes, it was. Other number twos. This one, another another big hit. Um Number another big hit in the year before actually it was seventy six Rod Stewart's Tonight's the Night oh yeah that was seven weeks maybe uh, around that I'm not sure or maybe at least four but it kept two songs out one stayed at number two for three weeks thinking I'm going I'm going to punch through this then the other one came up and said no, let me try <laughs> and he couldn't make it either was Rubber Band Man I, I to this day I I've never tired of that song oh tonight tonight's the night yeah eight. we were both wrong yeah eight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Eight. That's crazy. Sure was. Eight so weeks. Th- three of those weeks it knocked out uh, Rubber Band Man, and then two of those weeks the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, which at Gordon record Light, of the hey, year. Hang on, let's see. He, oh, he's still singing it. He's still singing it yeah. right now. He hasn't record of the year. Yet. What a great bathroom record. He hasn't finished. Uh, <laughs> he's still singing it. That's back when we were playing vinyl or carts, yeah. and you had to go so bad, and the bathroom was like three blocks away, so it seemed. <laughs> ding, 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 but what a great ding, song ding, to play. Yeah. Bridge over troubled water. Same thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey Jude, there were there weren't that many back then. I remember those. It's like one in doubt, pop one of those in, you're good. Unless the cart broke and then you were screwed. I played but. that song hours ago, but I have to go once again now. And you know what's funny too about that Rod Stewart? He sucked on the charts before that song. He had one hit. Well, Maggie that. May was huge. Maggie May was one. That was a number one hit. And For then five weeks. You Wear It Well should have been a top 10 hit. It sure should have. It went 13. What a great song. I and, mean, and but then every... he had some issues. Then it, yeah, he, he started doing more artistic kind of stuff and wasn't yeah. really caring about pop right. uh, hits and made some great albums, I thought. He did. And then Night on the Town came out. Yeah. And then you got Tonight's Tonight. But between Maggie May and Tonight's Tonight, the highest charting like song was five, You Wear It Well. Five years, yeah. And You Wear It Well was on the next album on uh, Never a Dull Moment. Never a Dull Moment. Yeah. Yep. Okay, we move on. Let's go up to 1983, because I was thinking of it once again, songs that uh, were kept out by Biggins. Is this Rick Springfield? <laughs> no. And what? Which one was Springfield? Don't Talk to Strangers. I know. I'm trying to think what kept it out. Oh, you know what kept it out? It was number, it, that's my, uh, four weeks. It was four weeks at number two. And it was kept out in 1982 by a song that was number one. Maneater? No, for a longer time than that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was the spring of 82, and... Uh, this is a song once again that would have that would have uh, 
gotten really annoying real fast if you had to play it every 45 minutes. Spring of 82. Ebony. Oh, yeah. That just camped right there, yeah. Yep. Seven, eight weeks there. It did. It was up there forever in the yeah. spring of 82. So that's why Rick Springfield. Can... See, I think Don't Talk to Strangers is better than Jesse's Girl. Now, don't get me wrong. Oh, I love Jesse's Girl. But I think Don't Talk to Strangers was such a good, it was well-produced. Mm-hmm. It had that big sound to yep. it. It just it was a it was a great mix of pop and guitar rock. It was just really really good. I thought. Yeah, that was he did put out a. I'm Here we go. Yeah. yeah. That was a pop rock nugget of '82. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. That. Yeah. You could play that song all day long. I'm still not tired of that. Play that with a rubber band, man. I'm good for hours. Hand me down my walking cane and don't talk to strangers. That's it. And this, and, and you know what I think I liked about that rubber band man song by the Spinners? They had so many songs before that. I don't think they ever changed the beat. I think it was the same drum track, just like Al Green. What do you same, mean? Just the same drum track on all of those songs. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna argue that. Oh, of course you are. Because that's what you do. Boom, but games people play had a different beat. That, that did. And but, then, but listen I'll to I'll be around had a different beat. Listen then, to I'll be around. Listen be I'm to I'm falling in love. Yes, listen to those two. No. Yes. Down. Listen to those down, two. Down. I'm telling you, I'm not lying down. to you. You can you think you can you can mix those actually if you were playing? Duh. Really? Well, you can mix a you can mix a a blender a blender and an ironing board. <laughs> And it'd be and a sm- get what? It would be a smooth segue. <laughs> You'd go, damn, that's another great danceable uh. tune. <laughs> I can I can I can pick out that note in a half a blender beat. Uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, the spinners anyway. With that, we will we'll argue that one in another episode. Oh, whatever. Okay. Yeah, we will argue. Okay. It's a shame. Pretty close drum beat on that too. That was even Motown. That was a totally different beat because that was a Motown I, but beat. But still, they programmed it and said, screw it. Let's come up with three songs. <laughs> he did not. Al Green did the uh, same damn thing. Now, Al Green did. Yes. I'll give you that because Al Jackson was involved in all of it. And he said, listen, here's my groove. Yeah. You do something, Al. Re- yeah. And and yeah. once again, like you had gold every time. It was beautiful. I, well, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. No, I'm just exactly. saying You're it's. You're right. You know. I think spinners were different. Okay. I defend the spinners a lot. Okay. Kenny Loggins, Danger Zone. What was that? What was that? That's the beginning the of the John song. John Scott That's, really hey. wear it out mix? What the hell is that? Dun, 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 dun. That's the beginning wow. of that song. And you know what? In Top Gun Maverick, by the way, excellent movie. Yeah. Uh, he was going to redo Danger Zone, and I said, wait a minute. This has got trouble written all over mm-hmm. it. And then finally, Tom Cruise put his foot down and said, you know what? Your original is the classic. Yep. Let's play that. Just keep it. And it's in there. And you know, Not Kenny, the whole song, but it's a good part of the beginning. Kenny Loggins wanted to start the song. You know, he wanted to start it just like that. Yeah. And then he called one morning yeah. when I was working at, at 95. And he yeah. was like, John, I'm thinking, I, I, I got a song here and I need an intro. I need a pickup. What do you think? And he starts playing. And I'm like, hey, I got an idea for you. And he goes, thanks. Could you come up with a worse story? What the hell is it? What? There it is. Yeah, I know, but he he called you. He called me on the hotline. Yeah, I'm so sure. I couldn't get through to you on the hotline. How the hell he do it? (laughs) You're not Kenny Loggins. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have caller ID back then. How would you know it was Kenny Loggins? Give me a break. There was no number. There was no picture. There was not, no FaceTime. None of that. Come on. That, that song peaked at number two. It did. But it was behind a massive hit. Yeah. And one I really like a little better. So I kind of go, okay, beaten by a better song. You know, you, meet, you met Mike Tyson. 
1986 version of Mike Tyson here. Yeah. Sledgehammer. It, 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 how do you argue with that? Yeah, you know, it's one of those. Both you can't. Are, both are wonderful songs. Yeah. But freaking Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. Man. God, yeah. what a great song. What yeah. a great video. That was an amazing that, album. That really, I mean, it, it, here you are in the 80s and you think, you might think by the cars, is like the ultimate video. It's <laughs> right. like, nobody's going to beat that. <laughs> right. Well, here comes Peter Gabriel. Here he comes with Sledgehammer. Bam, he just sl- knocked it right out of there. Oh, I made a note to tell you about the, the guy who was uh, the songwriter. The guy that was in Heat Wave. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, you he, never did say. He wrote two of the two of the two of my favorite songs of the '80s. He actually wrote a few more than that. Um, his name's Rod Temperton. Temperton, yeah, he was in Heat Wave, so he's the guy who wrote Boogie Nights and Groove Always Line and Forever. And the he was the yeah. songwriter, basically. Wow. He literally, I think, was the white guy in the band. But boy, he was awesome and wrote some incredible songs. Incredible, um, and then wrote a lot on Thriller. Yeah, and off the wall. Is yeah. that's what I'm thinking. I know yeah, he yeah. wrote he wrote Thriller. Yep, the song Thriller. He may have written the song Off the Wall, and I think he wrote uh, my my favorite Michael song was Rock with You. And see, one of my favorites by him is Pyt, and I I'll tell you why. Well, really, I can't like that anymore. Why? Pretty young thing, and then he gets into that. And you're thinking way and, too deep here, dude. I can't help it. You're you're a deep kind of guy. I can't help it. But a. Uh, uh, I think we ought to do an episode, too, of the original songs that nobody really knew because they weren't hits. And then they were redone by somebody else and became a hit. Mm -hmm, That's a good one. But PYT, I will always remember, there's a version I have of PYT before it became the version everybody knows now. Right. Quincy Jones got a hold of it. And he's the reason PYT sounds like PYT. Okay. But the original, you would never freaking know it's PYT. You wouldn't. Completely different. Is it a ballad? Except it's a it's like a slow mid tempo Michael Jackson kind of thing. Hmm. I like but to you, hear. It. You, I'll, that would be great to hear. I'll grab it for you. That'd be great. I will. And um, oh boy, we got a whole thing. can do a thing on Quincy Jones. Oh, Quincy's no starting to lie a lot now. Yeah, he's what? making stuff up. And I think his daughter had to come out and say, "Hey, you know, Dad is you know he's not all the way there anymore mentally." And he That's did sad. The last interview he did, he was telling things like, "Oh yeah, I, I was there when Hitler died." And I mean, he was he was there. I pulled I pulled the trigger. Oh, you know, he, he was saying some weird stuff, and uh, basically t- saying he uh, he gave Michael Jackson the sound. And I was like, you know, all you got to do is listen to like two Jackson albums before Michael went solo yeah. and go, no, that's it was Michael. It was Michael. Staccato yeah. horns and all that different kind of stuff. Sure. Quincy was wonderful. Great. No doubt. But he was trying to claim, no, no, I told Paul McCartney to play the nah, bass like this. See. Yeah. See. Yeah. That's sad. I pumped gas for Elvis. Memphis. <laughs> now he did. You know he what he did do? He was a friend of uh, Ray Charles. When Ray Charles yep. uh, left Jacksonville, because Ray Charles, you know, lived here for a few years after he, he quit uh, St. Augustine School for the Deaf and yep. Blind. Yep. And he lived here for a couple of years and, and uh, gigged around. And uh, then he went to Orlando for a while and it was doing great. And everything was wonderful. And then a couple things happened where he lost his, uh, uh, somebody died or something happened. He was like, you know, just get me out of here. I kind of right. want to go. I lost a girlfriend or something. Right. And he went to Seattle when he was up in Seattle and he was still playing that King Cole kind of music and met... Quincy Jones up there. And Quincy was brand new, too. I mean, Quincy, he was on his way up. So yeah. uh, Quincy helped Ray, and they went to L.A. and all that. So Quincy has done so many amazing things. Oh, I know. That he didn't... He didn't but now he's blending memories. And, and he is. He's blending memories. Yeah. I think that's a w- good way to put it. And yeah. it's that, that is sad. It is sad. Uh, okay, here, let's go back to the 60s. And there was a band who had a couple of 
of, of really good hits. One song I still hear and I love, and then one of my favorite nuggets of the late 60s. The other one, you know, it was fine, but it was a, it was a soundtrack. Yeah. Um, the band is the Cowsills. Oh, yeah. And I've got, uh, I bet I know which one it is. Which one? The Rain, the Park, and Other Things. The Rain, the Park, and Other Things. That peaked at number two, which two. is that. I just think that is such the sweetest song. I love the harmonies. I love everything about that song. And well, it's, it is kind of corny and cheesy, they had another. They it. had another number two also. Yes, they did. So the first one, Rain, the Park, and Other Things, Yep. Uh, that was knocked out by a classic. So you go to number two, you're like, oh, darn, you couldn't get to number one? What right. happened? Yeah. A Daydream Believer happened. Boom. So there you go. Boom. Once again, beating out Mike Tyson. Yep. And yep. then the next one was uh, Hair. Yeah. And Hair peaked at number two, but it was knocked out by the same Broadway show. It and, was Aquarius. Uh, Fifth Dimension doing their version of yeah. Aquarius, Let the Sun Shine In. And that was one of those songs as a kid I hated. You hated what, Hair? No, or, Aquarius. Or, oh, did you really? I yeah. had the 45, man. I had the 45 of Hair. I dug that because I was picturing Marilyn McCoo. And, uh, so was Billy Davis. Oh, man. Marilyn McCoo, yeah. was my, she was my crush as a seven-year-old. Really? Yes, I, I did. I just thought, oh, wow. my gosh, that, that's the most beautiful woman. I think, you know, I, I think what it was is Let the Sunshine just got to be so, so annoying really? to me. Because it went on forever. And I now think li- it was. Listen now to the bass. I know. Now that you're no, now, older, yeah, of listen course. Listen to that bass line. Joe Osborne boom, playing boom, the bass. Boom. Oh yeah. my gosh, he was Great. rolling that son of a gun. Yeah. Now here's the deal. Hair, you know, in Aquarius knocked it out. So Hair's thinking, all right, maybe, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll have a chance of getting up there. You know, maybe Aquarius will be over and I'll move on up. But unfortunately, right behind it was Get Back. And so they couldn't buy a break. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, those things no. happened. Slammed. Sandwich between the monkeys and the Beatles. Yes, exactly. Wow. These are the number twos. Man, this is fun. Number two stuff. Now let's let's jump it up a little more. Okay. Let's go up into the nineties at okay. least. Oh wow. Okay. And a song that um, Cheryl Crow. Yep. This was her. She had that one song her debut. Leave, yeah, leaving Las Vegas. I think that might have yeah, peaked that, at thirty eight or something. Did, that did nothing. Right. Yeah, it did nothing. I really love that song. Yeah. But then she. Of had course you did. Her first big hit. I said the song did nothing. And exactly. here's John following it up with, "I love that song." Right. Because here you are. <laughs> if you're going to look at a chart and go for number ones, and you'll go good. You take Dizzy by Tommy Rowe. Yeah. And I'll take Leaving Las Vegas well, by Cheryl Crow. Okay. All right. I would probably do that, too. Okay. Okay, so we're on the same page here. Here we go. All, uh, so all I want to do, have some fun. Yep. Peaked at number two. What year would that have been? 93? 94. 94. Yep. And, but once again, you're like, okay, that song really was kind of caught the imagination. It of, sure did. Of pop radio. And, and who's people. Cheryl Crow? She's a newbie? Okay, great. Cool. This is a great, cool, different sounding yep. song. Yep. But then there was the juggernaut called Boys to Men. Yeah. With a I'll Make Love to I'll You, make which love was you. still number one, I think, now. Uh, it is 30, now. 30, 30 I think year. End of the Road still is number one, too. <laughs> Yeah. And so that I'll make love to you kept Cheryl Crow out of number one. Yep. In the nineties, uh, in the eighties, and this one, uh, you know, and I'm fine with the song that was at number one, but I just love this song, and this song has lasted a lot longer, I think. And so, see if you think this way, because you work in adult contemporary radio. I did. And you play songs, and and you've played uh, songs since then on on stations, and and also more pop radio stuff. Um. Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House, mm-hmm. peaked at number two. Mm-hmm. And I remember that song just, you know, once again going, oh, wow, what a different sounding song. Very much so. But it was kept out of number one by um, by George Michael and Aretha. Oh, I knew you were waiting. Yeah, knew you were waiting. Right. So I just think Don't Dream It's Over has had a better shelf life since. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. 
because more stations played Don't Dream. Well, then again, I mean, both songs got a lot of play between the adult contemporaries and the top Did 40s. They? Okay. A lot. I just remember back in that time, by then, by then I wasn't listening much, much to pop radio. Right. But uh, I had that's to. why I did I was working exactly. it. Exactly. That's what I'm to. asking. That's what yeah. I'm asking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to 1977. I know I'm skipping a couple here, but that's let's all go right. back to 77. Okay. And this is the one, to me, probably the biggest letdown of a single, even though it went to number two, uh, the biggest letdown of a single for a rock and roll kid at age 16 when this album came out, yeah. mainly this song. Okay. When this song came out, I remember thinking, really? It's the best you got, buddy. Uh, after Frampton comes alive, comes out. Yeah, I'm and in he's, you. He's, I'm in you. He, he, yeah, piece of shit. And when you got to, t- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, I just I've never liked that song. And, and when you have to tell her, it's not good. Yeah, I mean th- that was one of those. Talk about punching that radio to get to another station. Dun, dun, dun. That's all I'd have to hear. I that don't was care yeah. That where was I no. I, I never got to the vocal. I, no, I never got to the vocal. But never you, did. If you stick with it, there's a great guitar solo in there toward the end. Yeah, but I couldn't. I know. How do you stick with that? I mean, uh-huh. I, I don't know. That, the rest of the album was pretty decent. Yeah. I mean, because first, I mean, we kind of go, Frampton Comes Alive, that was basically um, a best stuff for him. Huge. And he had five years. Huge. And he picked his, you know, 12 best songs yeah. uh, from the five years of his career yeah. to do it. To and do the, it. Then he had like six months to write the next album. Ugh. And so that makes it tough. And everybody has trouble coming up with a sophomore effort sometimes as far as that goes. Well, there's a lot of pressure on, a, on an artist for the uh, sophomore. Because if you don't do anything with a sophomore, you're done. Right. Yeah. I know a couple of country, uh, country Hello. people that have done that. Mr. Mister. That's true. Hello. Yeah. That, that's the one that I always think of. That's a good one. And, and I'll tell you, who, who had a wonderful sophomore... But unfortunately, after the sophomore album, they couldn't stand each other anymore. And I think they had a third album, but it was a total brick. Men at work. Yeah. They released uh, Underground and Cargo so fast back to back. Cargo was huge because it had Overkill. It's a mistake. But then they couldn't stand each other. Man, I loved Overkill. Yeah. And uh, that was the end of that. Yeah, that's a good one. But um, Overkill went to uh, three. I believe. Yeah. I don't think it made number one. It's a mistake. Went to six. Colin Hay does. Uh, I think they're touring together. Actually. They are. They're touring with Rick Springfield and John Waite. Oh, okay. They're going to have a show in St. Augustine in August. And looking forward to that. And so, uh, yeah. So Frampton comes out with uh, they oh, have a new album, yeah. and it's got that one as your lead single. You're like, oh, oh. man, sixteen year old guy. I'm like, I'm hating. And yeah. then of course the girls like it, so you go, oh yeah, well, I'll like him. Okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then uh, the rest of the album, he had that uh, putting my heart on the line, which is pretty good. Yeah. And then sign sealed delivered. He did a really nice job good. on that. Yep. And uh, but I'm in you, just oh boy, what a punch out I for just, me. I just remember being sixteen. And so, going, oof. So what was the oof. what was the song that beat that out? A uh, real catchy tune that uh, Barry Gibb and, and brothers wrote. I just oh, want to be your everything for Andy course. Gibb. Of course, Andy Gibb. And his first five or six songs were straight number ones. They were, and Andy in uh, Frampton was stuck there for three weeks. Well, Frampton should have never got that high. It kind of serves him. Yeah, it should. It should have never gotten that high. I'm sorry. And then you know, I always remember Peter Frampton in the '80s. He was touring with Stevie Nicks, and they made a stop in Daytona Beach. Yeah. Everybody was just ready for Stevie Nicks. Well, Peter Frampton comes out, and everybody's excited. Okay, great. He's going to open. Great. Right. Not one hit, not one from Frampton Comes Alive, from I'm In You. Really? He had a new album out. It was like 85. He had a new album out and played all the stiffs. They booed him. They booed him. 
So then Stevie comes on stage. She does 14 costume changes because that's what she did and twirled in every one of them. And they all looked lacy and all that stuff. Right. And then she'd go back and she'd come out. She brought Frampton out. She'd go back. Well, come that, back out. Okay, well, that too. All right. Hey. But she has Frampton come out to play guitar on like the encore. Right. That went over too like a lead balloon. Wow. They were thrilled that she was singing. But they but, didn't they didn't want nothing to do with Peter Frampton. No, because everybody was pissed. He wouldn't do any of his stuff. If y'all don't bo- stop booing, I'll do I'm in you again. Great. That would have stopped. The extended version. <laughs> that is something, you know, and it was in the 80s at that time, 80s, early 90s, yeah. where a lot of these artists were really kind of digging their heels in, oh, yeah. in concert yep. because they were um, just kind of trying to go against the trend because the Stones and the Who yeah. were getting big sponsors yep. and they would go out and play the hits, play everybody's hits. Hello. And then they would do it. Yeah. But then these other guys, I remember we saw Todd Rundgren down in St. Pete. Yeah. And... This was in 91. We saw Rundgren. And I'm a huge, huge, huge Rundgren fan. Yeah. Well, and he didn't do any of his old stuff. He, he, well, the one he, <clears throat> he did a few, most of his new album, which is good. Yeah. And I'm happy. And I understand they're going to yeah. pump the new album pretty of good. Of course. But you're Todd Rundgren and you had two songs that everybody loved. Yeah. <clears throat> especially back then. And, and even Love is the Answer, which he didn't do. Um, and then he does, I saw the light, I think, and kind of, kind of, kind of giggles his way through it. Right. And then, he skipped Hello, It's Me? He did it as a shuffle. Huh? Oh. He's down there. Here we are, St. Oh. Petersburg, Florida, birthplace of the blues. Oh. And you're hearing, Hello, It's Me. Oh. Basically making fun of that of song. his hit. And that's the reason some people, I mean, my wife, Jill, was like, it's the only reason, that's the only song I really wanted to hear. See, and, and you will piss up. off a lot of fans doing that and kind of stuff. And he didn't care. And I'm like, I, yeah. I hate the fact you don't care. Yeah, see. Uh, and then he was making a joke about it. Yeah, this Bud's for you and yeah. saying stuff like that because he was making fun of the bands who were toting around uh, sponsors and, yeah. and playing the greatest hits. But I'm an artist and I'm, come on, dude. Yeah. No, you know why we came. Yeah. I get the fact if you're going to play a hall of 45 people, yeah. sit there and whisper the whole right. thing. I don't care. Right. Be, beat on a beat on a, a, a tin can yeah. and call it art and do it. And you just, and, but you're coming to a big concert, man. You got to play my hits. You, you really do. And, and you're, I, you're, you're completely forgetting your bass. We all, we all nod when you're playing the song we don't know. Right. There's always time to go get beer. Yeah. But then... But how many of those songs do you really need to go get beer on? Right. You don't you, you end know? up going six deep on your new album. Yeah. And, and you're not, and you're playing a big hall. Yeah. Or you're playing a, and you're the opening act. Yeah. Buster, right. come on, bro. Well, I think it's funny too with Rungren. One of the songs everybody knows by him outside of Hello, It's Me. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them probably still don't even know I Saw the Light, maybe. I, they might. Oh, uh, I, I think people know the song, but I don't think they know it's Todd Rungren. But, Some people think it's Carol King. Well, yeah, good point. Right. But bang the drum all day. Oh, yeah, right. Everybody knows that song for Friday 5 o'clock and that kind of situation. Right. But, boy, it didn't chart worth the damn. It didn't. And oh, every, no, not at all. Not was, a, no, it was like a, that, that was a B or a C or a D cut. Who knows? That didn't even come to life. Um, that was on the... Let me see if it showed I up at it all. Was, on the he- was it on the Healer album? I think it I was. I know my Todd Rundgren album, so I think that was on the Healer. And it was a... It was a deep cut. I mean, he had the single called The Healer, which didn't go anywhere. Right. And he was doing his own thing. Once again, he wasn't trying to have a hit record. Bang the Drum went to 63. Yeah. And that was, it was released, I know, I remember that, but it was certainly an afterthought. It wasn't until Jock Jams and all that stuff came out in the 90s that people kind of even knew that song existed. Right. 
uh, unless you were a Rundgren nut. So he did a shuffle to Hello, It's Me, yeah. his biggest song, and it went to five. Yeah, and, and that's what you do. You and, just and piss off your bass. And that's and, bigger than even a number five. That yeah, song is uh, I know. It's on classic rock stations. On it's everywhere. AC, every, you it's know, everywhere. It's, it's a ubiquitous song. Yeah. And he he basically made fun of it back in ninety. Now he does it now, and uh, you know things are better. But he was uh, he was kind of pissing in the wind there, and he was yeah. putting his heels in. I'm I'm going to play new stuff because I'm still an artist. I'm like, man, I guess I guess there's a happy balance, and he just didn't balance it for me. Well, and Not maybe and maybe he was getting pressure from the label. Who and, knows? Right? Uh, the, uh, you know? Yeah, who knows? I know. I know. Okay, we move on. Uh, one of my favorite songs, written by Don Covey. Uh, uh, Aretha Franklin's Chain of Fools. Chain of Fools. Peaked at number Sure did. Two. Number two. Number two. I know. Uh, it was knocked out by a goofy novelty. Of course. Which, this song, I think, if we got to look this up, it might have knocked out a Beatles song to be number one. Oh, damn. And then it held back Chain of Fools. That was, this is how big this song was. I guess at age six, I should have liked this song more, but I didn't, and I still don't. Which one? A Judy in Disguise. Oh, one hit wonder, John Fred. I love that song. As a matter of fact, that was on Cameo Records, a label, that, just a small label that okay. nobody really knew. So that wasn't that wasn't any industry thing because God, no. Aretha was on Atlantic. Right. Jerry Wexler could have found number one if he wanted it. There, there you go. But in this case, it, it didn't work. It didn't Judy work. Judy and the freaking Scott. And Judy. every time I would go to the store, I used to buy my forty fives at Grant's. Remember Grant's? Oh, yeah, man. They were out of it every time I went. <laughs> every time I went, they were sold out of it. Back when you could buy forty fives for sixty seven cents. Yes, I got my I got my sixty seven cent forty fives at uh, Kmart. Kmart. Yeah, that was the other place. Yeah, did and, they have J M Fields down here? Or? Yeah, we had Fields. That was another one that would sell them. But I would always go to Grant's first, and then I would go to Kmart second. Kmart was closer to us, so we always went to Kmart. Yeah, uh, man. As soon as my sister started driving, we were. All about there, it. man. <laughs> All about it. Now, you know, I, and, and here's another case of, you know, you feel sorry for the people at number two all the time. Well, you can't feel sorry for Elvis Presley. But yet, he had four <laughs> right. number twos. Over the course of time, he had four number twos. One of those, if you listen to one of our earlier podcasts, John had this song like I think it was your number one song. I think. For, oh, it was it was top it was top or, or top five. Yeah, top five. It was yeah. Uh, Can't help falling in love. Yeah, that was our soundtrack. Yep, our original songs from soundtrack. That's right. So that went to two. Yep. Return to Sender went to two. Mm-hmm. Burn in Love went to two. That yep. now that surprises me. Everybody, here's the deal. The the, the thing about uh, Can't Help Falling in Love with You. Yeah. It was surrounded by the biggest fad in rock history. Yep. Which even bigger than disco, I think. Yeah. At the time. Right. Was the twist. Yeah. So everybody was twisting. Yep. So you had the peppermint twist. You yep. had hey let's twist again. Yep. And come on, come on, mama, take off your high heel shoes and twist. Yep. Uh, that was the big deal. Twisting in the wind. I'm making new ones up now. You are, but twisting the night away. Everybody was twisting, and that and peppermint <laughs> twisting twist. in the wind. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't hit twisting by the pool, Dire Straits. Dire Straits, yeah. And uh, <laughs> can't help falling in love was uh, peppermint twist kept it out of number one. Yeah. And then Chubby comes up. Hey, Hell hey, yeah. hey, listen. Hey, yeah. I know we've twisted twice, but let's twist, let's twist even twist again, 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 again. And just piss more people hey, off. I left my coat in your in your back room. Hey, can we twist while I'm getting my coat? <laughs> that was the next single that came out. Uh, and Chubby called me and asked me about that. One of too. course he, he did. did. Yeah, he goes, hey, I got on, an idea on John's fa- imaginary FaceTime. 
That's when that's when he called. That's what it was. That's when he called. Uh, Elvis had his other the other hits that were. What was his other Elvis? Love me was another number two. Love me, treat me Not like lo- a fool. Right there you go. Treat me mean and cruel. Yeah. So then he had to come out with love me tender. Love me. And then there would be how many other emotions tied to a love me? I, I don't know. <laughs> he had returned to sender, and that was kept out of number one by Big Girls Don't Cry. Oh, Frankie. Yeah. So that's, once again, that's huge, man. Frankie. So that was fine. Competition. And then the one that uh, that hurts. I mean, it's the song itself was kind of, you know, it was it was kind of one of the cheesier Elvises that wasn't in a movie, uh, because there's a lot of cheesy Elvis in movies. Viva Las Vegas. Uh, or uh, <laughs> Peanuts, Popcorn, Cotton Candy, Pink Lemonade, that's oh. Dan Dan Dandy, uh, from uh, Roustabout, Roustabout, where he plays the carny. Oh, jeez. Barbara yeah. Stanwyck. Yeah. Why don't you join the carnival? Yeah. Elvis Be a carny. Oh, all right. All right, but I'm not going to go batting the heads off any chickens. <laughs> honest to goodness. <laughs> honest to goodness quote what? from Roustabout. What? <laughs> Wait, they don't bite the heads off chickens oh, anymore in the carnival. Wow. Come find out. Wow. Yeah, what am I going to do with my sickle? Cheese. So anyway. I'm surprised Kraft wasn't a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Burning Love. Yeah. It was peaked at number two. So that was, you know, kind of, by then Elvis was older, you know, for most people. Right. And 15th, 16th year. Right. And, uh, and, but that was kept out by, by. My, my ding-a-ling. Oh, see, the one, the one Chuck Berry song everybody wants to forget. Right. And it, and, and, and not, it not only, not only made it his only number one, he kept, I know. He, he knocked Elvis out. So look at this top 10 in 1972. You don't think we go in waves of nostalgia. Oh yeah. Three people, and I think it might, and if not the top five, the definitely top ten, Chuck Berry, yeah. Elvis Presley, and Rick Nelson. Wow. All of whom had their first hit yeah. 16 plus years ago, or 15 yep. at least. Yep. And so they were all there. And that was a nostalgic time, that 72. Yeah. Uh, everybody was wanting something different because things yeah. were sucking. You they know? were. So I'm they amazed were. that nostalgia's not coming back right now. Well. The time's as tough as they are. Yeah. And you think something would happen like that? I know. Uh, and then was there any other Elvises? What other? Elvises? Uh, that's all I saw. That's all, that's all I saw too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where else do you want to go? Um, how about this group had a huge number one from a movie, and everybody played it to death, and then they kept going, and maybe they should have stopped because this song to me, how it made number two. Um, the group from the 80s, uh, I guess maybe I should just say what the other song was. It was a huge number one for weeks. Everybody played it. It had uh, I in it. E-Y-E. Oh. Yeah. That was made, that made my, uh, my movie list it did. of original songs it for did. movies. Yes. It did. A great, great, great song. Absolutely. One of the great motivational songs. So too. then they had that, and then they did a few others, and Pop Radio was embracing them a little bit, and uh, then they were like, okay, well, what else you got? Well, then they did this other song, and I don't, I mean, to, to me, it wasn't a number two. It was decent. It was okay, but Burning Heart by Survivor? I can't believe number it made it that two? That was That was strictly on See, the See, now, now to me. Was it right past after Eye of the, of the Tiger? Oh, yeah. That, okay, it was the follow-up? No, it oh. was not a follow-up. There was a gap between them. Yeah, the gap band? Uh, they were dropping bombs. Okay. Um Burning rubber. Here we go. Eye of the Tiger was eighty-two. That was that was number right. one for Burning six Heart? weeks. Burning Heart was eighty-five because that was in Rocky Four. Oh, okay. That's why it went. That's there. why it went there. I forgot it was in. I okay. forgot that was in a Rocky movie. But okay, well, that's the, that's the only reason. What 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 other what other band can sit there and say, yeah, we were huge for Scotty Brothers. Who the hell is Scotty Brothers? But yeah, that was their label. That was. And they were the big deal back then. After Eye of the Tiger, they had uh, three, four, five stiffs. 
Then they had I Can't Hold You Back. Then I on, or High on You went top 10. The Search is Over went top yeah, 5. Yeah, 86, right? Uh, 85. 85, 86. And then okay. Burning Heart. What's and then Is This Love was was it. And then after that, people just didn't care anymore. Oh, you're not in a movie soundtrack. You're not in Rocky anymore. Well, the uh, the lead songwriter, Jim Pedrick, you know, who yep. wrote uh, Vehicle, I Had Some oh, March. great song. And then he wrote all those hits at the same time while he was writing yep. I Had the Tiger. Yeah. He was co-writing Doing with the guys stuff. in 38 Special. Yep. So 38 yep. Special didn't have a hit at all until no, they started until writing they, with Jim Pedrick. Right. Jim Pedrick. And, yeah. uh, and so they had all the Caught Up in You. Uh, Wild-eyed Southern, Wild Southern Boys. For a guy from great Chicago, song. he writes a great song great about Wild-eyed Southern Boys. I know. And so, yeah, that's interesting about Survivor. But I was surprised that went to number two. It went to number two. Yeah. That one, yeah, that that did shock me a little bit that, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that did go number two. Huh, okay, great. <laughs> here, right. we, here we are in the songs. This is the one that I'll have three. This is the only one I could find. I'm not saying it, it's it's not the only time it's happened. Okay. But there's a song. That talk about the ultimate can't buy a break. We've had, you know, two songs, leapfrog a song uh, and go, oh, yeah. can't buy a break. Yeah. This might be the best one. Kept out of number one by three separate songs. Three separate songs. Now, this isn't the one I'm thinking of, is it? This is 1975? Yeah, that's not the one I'm thinking okay. of. Okay. This is I'm Not in Love by 10CC. So that goes to number one. That was one of the most original productions at the time. It was Think very about that. different. You can't even no, imagine different. how different it was. Yeah. Uh, because well, there's really, it takes like 30 seconds before you even hear an instrument. It's I all know. voices. Right. And so it was really a really cool production. There's a great YouTube clip on the making of that song. Okay. Really cool. And they got the secretary to come in and say, big boys don't cry. Very ELO-ish. Yeah. And it was very, yeah, Beatlesque because that's all, and Eric Stewart ended up playing with McCartney for a long time. Right. Um, And those uh, those guys in the, uh, in 10CC, there were some incredible, uh, guy who wrote For Your Love for uh, the Yardbirds, yeah, Graham Goldman, he was one of the songwriters. Okay, Eric Stewart in that band, yeah. uh, Godly and Cream, oh, who who wrote some songs too. Never liked that song. Which one? Cry. Oh, I didn't like that one. Oh they, no, they, they wrote songs for others. That was creepy. Yeah, it was kind of because back in the day with the different faces in the video, the way they uh, just I remember merged it was them all, and it they was... were art. They were more artists. They oh, were big more, time. They were more artists than they were uh, absolutely uh, songwriters. Yeah, but they did they did a few, and then they produced some. Uh, they directed some videos. They did. So anyway, talented bunch. I'm not in love. Great song. Yep. Kept out by three songs, and that, you know one of them, the fad, the the hottest fad of the time, and then two pretty dang decent songs. So and it, what year was this? 1975, I'm guessing. Yeah, the hustle. That the hustle. Up? You yeah. are correct, sir. Yes, the, the medley, hustle. The Van medley, McCoy, sir. The medley of Van McCoy's greatest hit. That's right. And then you got uh, you got one of the number ones from the Eagles, one of these nights. Oh yeah. And then I'm not in love. Going okay. Well, that's going to that's, that's not going to last forever. <laughs> anybody behind us? Anybody? Look. Uh, oh, who was it? Damn Bee Gees and Jive talking, ah. which was like their comeback, really. You yeah, know, as was. far as hitting a big, big, big hit. Totally was. And so that. Yeah. came up and uh, I'm not in love. When I were screwed. Did you have Did you have a say in the beginning of that one too? No. Oh, okay. No, the Bee Gees. I never met Aunt Barry Give. He never Barry called me. Barry wasn't on the line. No, Kenny Loggins. Yeah. Kenny Loggins. Yeah. And then uh, who okay. else was it? Somebody else called me in the 60s yeah. when I was seven. Okay. And, um, okay. but you know, you love that, the story of the original, the origin of the beginning of that song. The oh, yeah. That he was going over that bridge. Yep. Over in uh, Miami that took him over to the studio. Uh-huh. And they were like, we need a hit. And they got it. We need a hit. And this like, pre- talk about the ultimate pressure. This is pretty much their make or break. Right. And, the rhythm of 
as a rhythm, and he just started going, it's just Joe Jaff talking. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty cool. Very. So when I go over the Buckman, on, I'm not joking, because oh, yeah, I write songs, you know. I know. And so if I get a rhythm under the Buckman, I think about, oh, that's a cool rhythm. And I think, you know, it, maybe the next Jaff talking comes you're from the You're listening to the roads, and I, you're thinking of songs. Yep. Intros. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm just, just letting you know. Uh, okay. All right. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, you... welcome to the Fantasy Hour. <laughs> no, I do. I listen to songs. Sponsored I, I by Mariah Carey. Sing it, Mariah. That was uh, the real one. She's not in the hallway. Damn. I'll, 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 I was picturing her out in the hallway like you would, you know, I know I your phone calls. I'm divulging now that I never talked to Kenny Loggins. And, but we I, knew that. <laughs> but, I, but I do listen for, I hear songs in my head when I go over the DeBuckman Bridge. We knew you never listened or talked to Kenny Loggins. Yeah, you know, you're sitting you, there listening to his freaking soundtrack album and you're like, hey, you know what? I talked to him. <laughs> he called me for advice. He did for the intro. <laughs> I told you about my Dave and Buster's game with that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. On one of the other podcasts. Right. On the soundtrack podcast, yeah. On the soundtrack podcast. That was such a great game. It, it was, that intro 16 seconds. The game lasted 14. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Are, should we should we just jump right now to the biggest songs well, that let, never let, made number one? Before we do that. Okay. Before we do that, let's but, listen to the other top 10. But first, here's a long distance dedication. That's right. Dear John and Tony, <laughs> I'm a songwriter and I was stuck one morning. And so I thought, I'm going to call a local DJ in Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah. I've got a song I uh, think's a good winner, and I think it'll be great in a soundtrack. Yeah. So I called the hotline. Uh. Thankfully, John Scott answered. <laughs> and he said, ding, 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 ding. So could you please, could play, you please Danger play Danger Zone, Danger Zone <laughs> by me to John Love Kenny? Oh, here's your long-distance long distance. fantasy dedication. <laughs> 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 okay. Oh, oh, can't handle it. Too okay. funny. Now, what were we going to do? I'm sorry. Um, a few other number twos that we just want okay. to do, like an honorable mention. Honorable for. mentions. Uh, Billy Preston. Oh yeah. Without saying a word. Out of space. Out of space. Number two. Kept out of number one by uh, a classic of classics. Really, might be on my uh, Mount Rushmore. Lean on me. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the Beatles actually had a number two. That, to me, just that totally shocked me. It, it shocks me until you find out what was number one. Do you want to know a secret was number two? Right. Number one was another Beatles song. Well, imagine that. Yeah, they owned the damn charts. <laughs> right. Of course they did. April of 64. The Beach Boys actually had a number two. It was Bob, 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 Baran. There's a funky thing with Bob Baran peaking at two. Yeah. Uh, well, there was a Beatles song ahead of it. So of course. That was We Can Work It Out. And then you're thinking, Bob Baran's going to get number one next. But then out of nowhere, this is where I start looking up your record label people. Uh-huh. Petula Clark. Uh, Warner Brothers. Uh-huh. Wow. Aha. Uh-huh. It all makes sense now. Downtown. Petula Clark was at number one with My Love. My, My Love? Love is something. Oh, dun, right, dun, right, dun, right. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Which goes from number nine to, to number, number one. one. See? Leap hello. 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 <laughs> Can you say payola? Tony's conspiracy. Dude, I'm telling you. I know. I'm it happened you. too many times. That's why I brought it up. Back in the 80s, MCA Records was known by people in the industry as being that type of a label. Really? Because those the, those songs that were on, I don't want to get into the songs, but the, the songs that were on MCA, they would do a jump like that. Mm. It'd be like, how the hell did that happen? Yeah, if you're not the yeah. Beatles or you're not Stevie Wonder right, or something. Right, thank you. Wow. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Others. Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Which is crazy. 
is totally crazy. Knocked out by two songs, Just My Imagination, Run which is a great with me. one. Great. And then you're thinking, okay, he's going to jump in, but then Joy to the World came out. Oh, geez. Yeah. Hello. I love that song. Hello. Yeah. Now, now I'm, I'm going to say this, this was not a fantasy, but I actually had an interview with Chuck Negron from Three Dog Night. Right. And he said, the response, we never thought these songs would last this long, but they were fun back then. And Joy to the World, of course, signature song from them. Written by the great Hoyt Axton, who grew up here in Jacksonville. How about that? Yeah. But, but you know, I had a great, as a matter of fact, I had to like dig through some of my old interviews and maybe get little snippets. Because he was a great interview. Olivia Newton-John was a great interview. And then the show canceled. She never played here. Right. But what a wonderful phone interview with her. Um what you find out from some of these people, the little bit of a background thing, is is very, very interesting a lot mm-hmm. of the times. Sure. And then there are others that will answer questions like, yeah, oh, really? we got another five minutes here. How the yeah. hell are we going to do this? We can do a whole show on our interviews. That'd be yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah, that, that would alone. be. Yes. Um, and then great Merle Haggard, of course. Oh, yeah. The meeting Merle Haggard, which we already did once, <laughs> but we'll do it again. All right, let's get this over with. <laughs> my classic. Idol. My that idol. is such a classic. My idol. Aretha Franklin had another number two. Which one was that? Spanish Harlem. Oh, man, I love that yeah. song. That was knocked out by, um, I'm trying to think of the chart. I think Go Away, Little Girl. Oh. No joke. Oh. Donnie Osmond kept her at a number one. And then a juggernaut ran behind that was Maggie May. Yep. And that leapfrogged the Spanish Harlem. Yep. Oh, man. Jerry Rafferty. Oh, he goes to number two with Baker Street. And he was with Steelers Wheel, stuck in the middle with you. Mm-hmm. Goes solo. That's his first solo hit, and it goes to number two and sits there, and sits there, and sits there. Yep. Because it got knocked out by. See, see, shadow dancing. It's those damn Gibbs. Uh huh. <laughs> In 1978, you couldn't, I mean, you could hit hit by a flying gib. You could. You couldn't miss one. I mean, you, you couldn't turn into a, a, a bathroom without getting hit by a gib. And that was six weeks at number two, stuck and, behind. And, he, and here it is, hit by a gib. <laughs> oh, now we're just getting silly so, with that Casey So, one, two, stuff. three, okay, there were songs that uh, four weeks at number one, four weeks, I'm sorry, four weeks at number two, yeah. one of those where you already did, Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield. The other one, uh, and the other, there were uh, two others, Electric Avenue. Oh, yeah, Eddie Grant. Oi! Yeah. Oh, I always like that tune. Yeah, 83. Uh, but then uh, the police, every breath you take, kept it out of number oh, one. Oh, eight so, weeks at number one. Right, so that does that. Yeah. And then earlier that year, Shame on the Moon by Bob Seger. Bob Seger stiffed it too. One of my favorites. Sure did. Baby Come to Me yeah. is number one, and then Shame on the Moon's up there going, okay, I'm, we're next. Yeah. We're no. next. And then, no, then it got jumped. Then Billy Jean. Billy Jean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, kind of hard to argue with that one. And then we got Don't Talk to Strangers. And then here are the ones that was number one, uh, number two for five weeks. Yeah. There's only one that I found. There's plenty more, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Which is like one of the great drum beats ever. One of the great drum beats ever. Um, Rosanna by Toto. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Once again, how does that happen? The Picaro drum. uh, Yeah. How does that happen? Knocked out Human League. Kept it out of number one. So, Don't you want dung, me? Dung, 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 dung. Yep. And then uh, freaking Eye the Tiger rears its ugly uh-huh. head again, and Eye the Tiger keeps it out. So Rosanna stuck at number uh, two for five weeks. We did Baker Street, which was number two for six weeks. Six weeks. Yep. And then here we go. These are the... Well, let me hit you with one that you oh, probably don't ahead. know. More honorable mentions. You probably don't know this. Okay. This happened. Of course, Total Eclipse of the Heart, Bonnie Tyler went number one. <laughs> 
Do you know there was a remake of it? Yeah, and it was horrible. And we played the hell out of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. In people 19, might like it. I just couldn't stand it. In 1995, Nikki French had a dance hit with it. It crosses over. Every top 40 in America is like, hey, tempo. We uh, have tempo. Let's play it. And in radio, that's uh, people, we, we think you love tempo. Well, it went number two by Nikki French. Wow. The only entry she ever had on Billboard. That's incredible. Number two. That is incredible. So now, uh, oh, actually, I've got two more. Go, oh, go, go, go. Keep your hands to yourself, Georgia Satellites. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, I'll tell you, probably some, the same song kept it out. Um, we're in 87. Uh, roughly. A, a, uh, yeah. Um, is it Bon, uh, bon Jovi? Might be. Maybe Living on a Prayer? Might be. Just a guess. Might be. Just a guess. Uh where is George? That wasn't bad medicine. That was, no. No, that was probably. It was yeah, probably probably that one. Or, or you, you give love a bad name. I think you give up, love maybe, a bad name. It could have been too. Yeah, um, because uh, bad medicine. I always think of uh, Thoreau is like Ralph Emerson. Ralph Emerson <laughs> is what I read. Oh, oh speaking Thoreau of that, Thoreau is like speaking Ralph of that, Emerson. For those folks that listen to episode six and seven with our misheard lyrics, yes, it's time to do another one. Okay, so if folks have one. That they haven't sent in before, tmanandjohn at gmail.com. That's going to be our next show. Uh, but let's let's wrap this one up first. More misheard lyrics. We can we can bulldoze. Go go through the ones that you've got, and I'll do the ones I got. And okay. Then we'll wait wait for the one that was ten weeks. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is the last one. I, well, we already talked about Crystal Gale getting screwed. Oh, true. Uh, Glenn Fry had two number twos. Okay. You belong to the city. Mm-hmm. Miami Vice. Right. And the heat is on. Beverly Hills Cop. That's right. And you belong to the city. I did look this one up. Yeah. Um, might be my most hated song of the 80s that, that had any popularity. Uh, kept it out. Uh, we built the city. On oh, Rock yeah. Roll. Yeah. I can't But you that know song. what? That that, that was so big for Starship. Stand. I can't I know. stand that song. I know. A lot of people can't. And then I think of the history of the Jefferson Starship and think, oh, what, what have we become? Yeah. Total, what, because total pop. Two or three albums in the 70s, I was just like, beside myself liking him yeah and then and then this total pop but i understand you know you gotta, uh, the you, other, you gotta make a buck the other one from the 80s that i have that this is this is also my theory why it only made number two yeah i don't think daddy wanted it to be number one because daddy was barry gordy oh and his son that went by rockwell somebody feel like somebody's watching me was, went to two was jumping its way what he, was it uh it was jump but jumps up i mean juggernaut i know yeah. They built a house at number one with jump. Yes. And and everything else was bricks. Everything else loose just bricks. Yeah, just loose bricks underneath. But yeah, but yeah, jump <laughs> jump knocked it out and that's yeah. But then again, I mean, okay, Motown versus Warner Brothers. I don't know. Uh see You know, I, I don't know. know. There's Warner again. Um Yeah. Another Warner. You got a couple more? There were some great songs. The Battle of New Orleans. Johnny, Johnny Horton. Horton. Yeah. In 1814, we took a little trip. Yes, indeed. It, it was so strong, it kept two great songs out of number uh, one. Personality by, uh, I think it was Lloyd Price's version. Cause you yep. got personality. And Dream Lover, Bobby Darren. Oh. Freaking great song. You're not going to knock out Bobby Darren. Yeah. Man. And so Bobby only made it to two. Uh, <coughs> and wow. Then, and then Lloyd Price's Stagger Lee was so strong that it kept out 16 Candles ah, by the Crest. Crest. And Donna by Richie Valens. Richie Valens. Wow. So that was amazing to wow. me. Um, Purple Rain. Yeah, that only made, that's true. That only went to two. And Wham! kept that out of number one. Go-Go? Yep. Yeah. Jitterbug. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, okay, I guess we can go now. 
We can go to the top. We can go to the top five. one. Number five right now. Okay. Here's number five. Oh, we have a top five for this. There's a top five. Seven weeks. Number five is a tie at seven weeks. At number two. Uh, yeah, at number two, it was uh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga was kept out of number one. Let's see if you can guess the song. Lady Gaga was kept out of number one by... Uh, Which Gaga? I'm telling you, guess the song. Oh, you want me to guess that one? I'll give you these two. All right. Empire State of Mind and TikTok. Both uh, TikTok leapfrogged. By Kesha? Yeah. TikTok leapfrogged this song and went to number one after Empire State of Mind had been number one. This song stayed at number two for seven weeks. Just Dance? Lady Gaga and no. Bad Romance. Bad oh, Romance. okay. Okay. Well, see, she had some, she she was like Madonna. She was on a run, man. I mean, everything was boom, 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 boom. It was. Yeah. And uh, seven weeks, another one at seven weeks. Okay. It, it Well, it's the only hit this uh, amalgamation of people had, but okay. not the lead singer. He had another one on his okay. own. All right. Uh, Nelly Furtado, Promiscuous, was number oh, one. Oh, yeah, with Timbaland. And then uh, London Bridge by Fergie also flipped, uh, jumped, oh. jumped this song. Oh. And the, London the, Bridge? Yeah, tell me oh, about it. Oh, it should have fell down way before <laughs> that one. Uh, oh. The song Crazy from Gnarls Barkley. Oh, wow. Yeah, seven weeks at number two. Wow. Yeah. Nice job, Gnarls CeeLo. Barkley, CeeLo. Then CeeLo went to one yep. afterwards. Um, oh, were there for you? Yeah. Didn't oh. he? Didn't he? He's got to. Boy, if that doesn't make number one, then I'm thinking there's something wrong. There. All right, let's look for CeeLo. Well, Go ahead. And while we're doing that, uh, this song got stuck behind uh, another juggernaut. But this song itself might be the most played song on Spotify. No, maybe not. As of now? Maybe. Okay. Uh, number two, Uptown Funk was number oh, one. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was huge, one. like 14 weeks. Uptown Funk, number one for 105 weeks at, yeah. in 2015. Number two for eight weeks just couldn't knock down the Uptown Funk, thinking out loud for that cheering. Oh, yeah. So that was a huge one. He's still getting sued. And <laughs> <laughs> No, what? the lawsuit's been settled. What's that, boy? Yeah. Another lawsuit for Ed? Uh, F.U. by CeeLo. Yeah. Went to two. Yeah, it sure did. What kept it out? What it year? went to, that, that was 2010. It was number two for four weeks. Wow. See, there's yeah. a bunch of number twos we missed. We missed. Yeah. Uh, there's so many. Right, exactly. We could. I mean, we're already over an hour in here, and yeah. of course, we could go with number twos all day long. I mean, we really wow. could. Yeah, it was number two See, that for been. a month. I'm with you. That should have been number one. Yep. But he had nothing else as CeeLo Green that was even close to the popularity of that one. No. Yeah. Man, that's wild. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, that is something else. I would have yep. thought that would have. So, that, doubt, so, number, so number, where are we at in the top we have five? two songs that are tied for okay. 10 weeks at number two. Whew, golly. Two songs that are tied for 10 weeks one at of number these, two. I, one of these I knew. The other one, you informed me of this before we started yeah. recording today. And it's behind. I looked this one up only because I knew this. Uh, the yeah. number one song was a big one. I went backwards and kind of checked out the big number ones and yep. thought, oh, wow, holy cow. I kept counting and went, that's 10 weeks. Yeah. Uh, you Lou, count. Oh, you, you use all your fingers. Wow, look at you. See? Lose Yourself was the number one. Eminem. Yep. And uh, Missy Elliott was at number two. Is it worth it? Let me work yeah. it. Yeah. Pull my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. And then she yeah. gets even more rude after that. I know. would so. get your freak on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Missy Elliott there, uh, 10 weeks at number two. Can't buy a break. Well, get, I'll tell didn't you. Didn't get a dinner. See, to me, <laughs> never got a dinner. Never got a dinner. See, now the, the, the number one. The number one on this top five countdown. <laughs> They they couldn't get see now they they ended up getting another number one after this oh yeah they but did but to me this one was the 
leaps and bounds should have been number one over the other one to me. Really? Okay. Both of them were very good. Mm -hmm. They were very sappy from a band you would never picture as sappy. Right. Um, but they got to pay the bills, man. Got to pay the bills. But this this one number number two was number two for ten weeks because for the first nine weeks, physical by Olivia Newton John was number one. Yep. So then once here's again, another that one. Was another one that kind of just went. Here's I mean, another that one. Was okay. The roof. Everybody right. loved it. Everybody's doing the the fitness thing. Yeah, you got to do the you're wearing leg warmers. Your, you're wearing the tights and all the warmers and mm -hmm. the headbands and you're checking out the hunks in the just like the video was. Right. So then she runs out of number one and you're thinking, okay, they're going to get into number one now. <laughs> right. And then they get jumped by another. <laughs> Another song that deserved to be number one, I Can't Go For That, by Daryl Hall and John Oates. The number two song was Waiting For A Girl Like You. By Foreigner. By Foreigner. Yes. Now, Lou, yep. Mick, here's your long distance dedication. <laughs> For a girl like you. There you go. Here's, here's this band doing double vision, urgent, hot-blooded. Cold as ice. Cold as ice. Uh, long down, way from home. Down, down, down. Yeah, blue like morning, the first blue day. Time. Feels yeah. like the first time. And then they come up with this. Waiting for a girl like you. Got to pay the bills, man. Yeah, but I mean, legitimately. Did that. Legitimately. And probably one of their biggest albums, too. Four. Oh, yeah. Urgent, Waiting but for a Girl urgent. Like You, Jukebox Hero. Yeah, that song um, was huge. They were all big. The great you know, junior, Jukebox was... The great Junior Walker yeah. playing saxophone on Urgent. Oh, that, that, that to me, I think that's my favorite of theirs. Yeah, I like that one a lot, I always love that song. Um, but you know the album's deep when you're going to Jukebox Hero, and that's like the fifth single. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, they, they really, they hit their, uh, they were on all cylinders on that stride. one. Hey, before we go, I want to tease something else, too. We okay. have a new feature coming up on our next podcast. It's going to be testing me and testing John. And I'm, I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure how it works. I I know, but I'm just all I'm going to say is it's going to be called. Oh, can I do it? Can I have this guy do it? You want to play it? Okay, here we go. Go ahead. It's time for rapid fire, and that's what that's going to be. I don't want to talk about anything else. I don't want to give any more away, but it's definitely going to test both of us. My uh, some of the questions I made for you are state capitals. Is that is that what you're in for? Uh no. All the questions need to be. <laughs> Hello, is this the Map Freaks? What the hell's the name of this podcast? I thought I'd throw some steak. It's apples. the Music Freaks. Oh, okay. I don't want to know about Sheboygan or anybody. Hey, Sheboygan. <laughs> Shuffle off to Buffalo. Yeah. See, that was a song. Yeah. Uh, Kansas and Boston, it's all geography. I bet they didn't go to number two. <laughs> Maybe 22. I don't know. But, but yeah, that's going to be a fun segment next time. Okay, and but it's, it's yeah. going to be music related. Yeah, okay. all the questions need to be music related. Gotta, We're going to test each other. I scratch, that's what it's going to be. I got to scratch these out. Yeah. Okay. These questions are are they opinion questions or are they real questions? Are they true? Are they are they questions from our opinion or of our life or are they questions that oh, you know you should know this? I'll answer yes. Oh, crap. All right. Going to be it's going to be a uh, cornucopia. Of, of questions, all to, relating to music. I'll need to know what to ask you. Well, no, you don't. Just come up with stuff. Because I, I will. I mean, I've got what. Try to stump me, okay. and I will try to stump you. Oh, there's going to be stumps. I, I thought there was going to like opinions, or maybe, you know. Well, there can be. What's this? There can be. No uh, state, the capital of Iowa? No. Des Moines! <laughs> no. 
We're not the we're not the map freaks or the geography freaks. But there was a band called the Quad City DJs. Oh, good God! He brings that up. They were from Jacksonville. I know, but what's the matter with you? The Quad Cities is like Iowa, I Davenport, Iowa. Right, and okay. they're talking Quad Cities, and they're sitting down here in the Sunshine I'm State. Lost. I, I no, just don't not. know the questions to ask. Well, that's the beauty of it. We don't, <laughs> we don't know what we're going to be asking each other. I don't other. want to get yelled at when I ask the question. Oh, I'll yell, and I'm going to say, "You will get demerits." Okay. <laughs> Like Elvis's middle name stuff is that, is that one? Is that one of if them? If you want to, I, so there's now a, you're, you're going to make me study for God's sake. Uh-huh. So there's so these are questions that have that have correct answers. Some yes, Man. others will be opinionated. Okay, it'll be like okay, yeah, I, I got you. I mean, you can make them. No, all of mine are opinions. All of mine, like they was could be a rapid fire. If I was interviewing somebody, these would be questions sure. I would ask them. Do it. Okay. Yes, mine will be that. Do it, and you. You ask me state capitals. I'm not asking you anything about state World capitals. World capitals? No. ABBA? <laughs> Gee. Uh, you could do ABBA. That is considered music, isn't it? True. Oh, well, then there you go. And they're the capital of Sweden. Uh, hey, if you've got any questions or uh, comments or lyrics you want to send us for the next episode, Misheard Lyrics, yeah. T-Man and John at gmail.com. And, uh, of course, listen to us. Wherever podcasts are, we're on it. Spotify, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Podbean. Um, you making stuff up? Now. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm still waiting on the Pandora thing, by the way. Okay. Still waiting to get that alert. That'd be cool. That'll be very cool. And if you see Kenny Loggins, ask him, and he'll go, Yeah. I think sure did. I called, then, him, I called him on the hotline. And then I'll shake you and wake you up from that dream. <laughs> That's what I'll do. So I look forward to misheard lyrics for episode 12, and I look forward to Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire. Yes, sir. Des Moines. Des Moines. Hello.